the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, as always. And I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Gilbert. Ryan, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing fantastic here. I know we got a few things to touch on before we get into the, all the hitter news, but Trey Turner is a Philadelphia Philly officially. Got offered more money by the Padres, but he kind of came to Philadelphia to uh, play with Bryce Harper, reunite with Kevin Long, uh, and he took a lower AAV, so the Phillies can build around him. So, yeah, very exciting here. It's, it's a good time. Hot stove heating up. It's, a, it's the best time of the baseball offseason. Hell yeah, you were so excited to see him go to the Phillies. It's something we kind of we've been talking about for a little bit. It seemed like the writing was on the wall that that was going to happen a little bit ago. But I am really surprised that he took such a significantly less deal to play with the Phillies. But we will get into that. First of all, I want to start with some of these pitchers because there has been some big time moves that have happened since the last time we recorded. Uh, probably the biggest so far would be DeGrom going down to 10. Texas, how you feel he's going to do out there in Texas? Yeah, we we, we were last recorded on Thursday, I believe, and this went down on Friday night. Um, I'm just kind of amazed that he was able to get a five-year deal, but the Rangers do do seem desperate there in that uh, AOS to compete with the Astros in the, in the Mariners too. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to with with the Angels. Uh, we, we talked about this before, but yeah, this is a. Uh, I think Texas is is more of a. a a pitcher's ballpark then but also city field was too so it's not really that much of a difference the probably the competition there is similar because i mean you have the braves and the phillies and the nl east you have the houston and seattle in the, in the al west it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy i don't know if this really changes much to for his fantasy value for me he's still one of those guys that you know maybe if he drops a little bit you could take a flyer on just due to his uh, injury issues, but yeah, this is something where Texas wanted that big swing. They went out five year, 185 million for for Degrom, and hopefully for their sake, it, it pays off. But I can see it definitely being a bad contract as soon as this next season. Yeah, it's all going to come down to if he can stay healthy, which I hope he can because I feel like a, a healthy Degrom is really good for baseball, and we haven't got to see that since 2019, so. It's going to be tough just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy for, what, three years now? So counting on him to be healthy this year doesn't seem like the best idea. But, I mean, Texas is out there balling with that oil money, trying to freaking bring in all the damn big-name players they can. They got Seager and Simeon last year. They got DeGrom this year. They're more than likely still out there shopping for players right now because it's the winter meetings and winter meetings are active as hell apparently i would love to be there this seems like it'd be so much fun even though i wouldn't even be a part of anything i'd just be fucking wandering around probably drunk as shit but enjoying the hell out of it but uh at globe life park it's actually more of a hitter's park i was 
trying to finish this damn article I've been writing for like a week now. Uh, it's a free agent article, and it seems like every time I finish it and I think I'm done, another big player signs somewhere, and so I've got to add another person onto the article. And then before I get done, somebody else gets signed. So like we had Josh Bell today, so I'm going to have to add that into the article as well. It's a never-ending cycle. Uh, but in terms of like home runs, uh, Globe Life Park – in the park factors, uh, it was fifth worst in terms of for pitchers giving up home runs. And DeGrom was kind of susceptible to giving up the long ball this last year. So he could be one of those guys that has a year where he strikes out a shit ton of batters, but also gives up a bunch, kind of like how Scherzer tends to be. But, I mean, even then, uh, the AL West, they had three of the top 14 worst strikeouts teams or three of the top 14 worst i can't this is like a tongue twister yeah three teams in the in the top 14 for worst strike rates last year so like the aos has a lot of uh a lot of swing and miss guys so i, th- I think it could be pretty pretty beneficial for degrom next season yeah he'll definitely continue to rack up the strikeouts i mean he had over 100 and only 64 innings uh this past season he just continues to pretty much have that pace uh, a case per nine of 14.3 in each of the last two years, 13.8 in the 2020 shortened season. So, yeah, he's going to get the strikeouts. Yeah, looking at the ballpark factors, you brought up a good point. Texas is definitely more hitter-friendly. City Field is one of the most pitcher-friendly, even though they did move in that left field fence after after it was uh, built. So, yeah, this might be a situation where it's, it's a wait and see. I mean, DeGrom is still Jacob DeGrom. He's going to get the strikeouts, but... He's definitely going to take a hit on getting those wins. And that was something that he even struggled with with the Mets because their offense wouldn't do anything for him. So I, I think this, this – no, I'm going to go back to it. This, this downgrades, I, th- I think, DeGrom a little bit. I mean, obviously going from a good team and a good pitcher ballpark to a, a not-so-good team and a hitter ballpark. But I, I think he's still – he's obviously still one of the best pitchers in baseball, but he's going to be someone to be a little bit more wary about in your uh, upcoming drafts. On the other hand, if you like DeGrom, if you're in a keeper league and you have a uh, offseason trading, maybe go out and try to make a deal for him while people are getting uh, a little 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 scared about his contract. You can swoop in and get him by low, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's not a bad idea. I mean, I don't think he's going to win a whole lot of games in Texas next year. I know we posted on our Twitter. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us at SGPN Fan Baseball on Twitter. Uh, we posted asking how many wins we thought you guys or how many wins you guys thought DeGrom may be in for next season. Uh, and we had uh, Munaf and Malcolm both commented, they think about 10 for DeGrom next season. Uh, Munaf is a little bit of a Rangers hater since he's an Astros fan. So that may have swayed his opinion a little bit, but I don't think 10 is far off. Like it seems like one of those 10 to 12 DeGrom win seasons, like he had for the Mets there for a few years. And that may hinder his value a little bit, but the strikeout numbers he's going to put up this year and he never really walks a whole lot of hitters. So he, he's definitely a, a buy low target heading into next season. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, the Mets lost out on the ground, but a, a few days later they went out there and got the other best pitcher on the market. Justin Verlander signed a two year yeah. deal with a uh, third year of mutual option with the Mets kind of just, I guess replacing the ground there on a shorter term deal. He's up there in age. He's going to be 40 in February, but this is, he's been, he had the best season of his career coming off of it with the Cy Young World Series. And yeah, Verlander, I think, is 
probably going to benefit from pitching at City Field because that's a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and this is just going to help him out and maybe be able to. Uh, maybe we'll see him in a in a major market for the first time in his career. Now, Detroit's not quite up there with the with the New York or LA or even Chicago or Philly or Boston, but now he's going. He's going to New York, the uh, Big Apple. They got the Apple there out there in the <laughs> outfield. So we'll see how he performs. So what do you think about uh, Verlander to the Mets? Uh, I think it's going to go over really well for him. I, I think it's kind of an odd trade-off for the Mets because DeGrom does have that injury history, and that may have turned them off a little bit from bringing him back. But to replace DeGrom with a 39-year-old pitcher that you're paying a sh- shit ton of money to per year this seems weird to me but verlander has had arguably the best success of his career against the nl east so it makes it really intriguing because in 16 career starts he's 12 and 2 with a 214 era and 116 strikeouts against nl east teams and bringing a guy in that has that track record of success in real life baseball it's gonna go really well especially as he's probably going to be the number two on the team with Scherzer being the number one so that he could have some more beneficial matchups. And then in terms of fantasy, as long as he stays healthy and father time doesn't show up, he he's going to kill it next year with that lineup. It, it that ballpark he's, he's in line for a major, major year. Yeah. Verlander is going to be probably one of the first, uh, Starting pitchers off the board, you know, maybe maybe not because looking looking at those ESPN rankings again, he's uh, he's 18th overall. It's the 10th starting pitcher. I mean, so oh wow, he definitely moves up in my rankings going to the Mets. I would put him above. They have Urias above him, Shane Bieber, Max Scherzer. So yeah, he's probably in there 13th overall, seventh pitcher with with Scherzer. But yeah, Verlander is going to be a. Uh, he, he pitches well against the NL East. You know, he has fresh in his mind that win over the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. So, you know, he has good memories there pitching Ooh. at Citizens Bank Park as well. And uh, just got a notification, we were talking about the Rangers. They signed, just signed Andrew Heaney to a two-year, $25 million deal. I don't think Ooh. Andrew Heaney is good at all. I mean, he was fine with Dodgers, 310 <laughs> ERA, uh, FIP of 3.75, career ERA over four and a half. I, I guess he'll be the the four or five for them, but that's not the one-two punch of the Gram and Heaney. <laughs> not at all. And I mean, Heaney's at least better than what John Gray they got out there. The dude that's always supposed to be good, but has never been good. So, I mean, maybe he's an upgrade as a uh, I don't even know, like a number yeah. four. They, they got Gray, they got a uh... Odorizzi, they got Martin Perez back. Glenado was a was a good strikeout pitcher for for some props. I mean, he's he's not very good yet. He's still still <laughs> still kind of young. So yeah, that's it's. I mean, Heaney will probably end up being. They have these. They have Gray, Odorizzi, Heaney, and uh, yeah, and those are all like three four pitchers. So it's going to be uh, Degrom, Perez, and then a bunch of guys they're hoping about. Yeah, <laughs> that that seems like every texas rangers lineup every year just like <laughs> one or two good guys and then a, a bunch of guys you just kind of like, you hope you pray that maybe maybe today's the day they figure out how to be good at baseball or do baseball good but yeah had i think andrew haney just to stick with him for just a second it, it'll be a okay place for him to be in texas i don't 
I mean, he's somebody like, I've never really gotten excited about Andrew you, Heaney. You're ever. You're you're expending way too much brain power on Andrew Heaney right now. I, know, I, I, I just wanted hurting. to throw it in there. <laughs> it's hurting my head. But yeah, Ver, like I to jump back to Verlander, I agree with you on Verlander like being that seventh overall pitcher range. I think this is a bit of a boost for him. I mean, playing Houston was awesome. And obviously he did really, really well out there. But being the 10th overall pitcher seems too low, especially going to a place like New York. So, yeah, I think I think this ends up being really a really good move for Verlander next season. Yeah, and there were some rumors that Verlander would maybe go to the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers obviously did bring back Clayton Kershaw on a one-year deal. I think that's been out there for a while now. So, not really much news there and not even much of an impact because he's just staying where he's been. Uh, you know, good good to see him stick with the Dodgers. Hopefully he can just yeah. finish out his career there and, and uh, make up for maybe some of his playoff demons. Yeah, maybe just like Verlander did this last year. Maybe this is the year that Kershaw gets to do it. I'm mm-hmm. glad he stayed in in. Uh, Dodger blue myself. I, he's one of those guys you just you really don't want to ever see play anywhere else whether you're a Dodgers fan or not he's just one of those guys that like he's been there so long and he's been so good for so long that you just kind of want to just see Kershaw end his career there I mean he was good this last season I think he had 12 wins it's like he's still somewhat fantasy relevant going into next year he's always kind of iffy because injuries do kind of slow him down fairly consistently these last few seasons but yeah there's there's some relevance there I think he'll look good in, in that Dodger blue next year and a decent middle round pitcher probably for next season. Mm-hmm. But another guy that's going to be on the move. We're still waiting to see where he ends up is Carlos Rodon, the strikeout King of 2022 uh, rumored to want a six year deal. Would you sign Rodon to a six year deal? If you were GM anywhere? No, he's only had two good seasons and I don't, I, he might get a, a six year deal, but I mean, the Grom got a five year deal. I mean, he had he has been great the past two seasons, like you said. The strikeout king had a strikeout case per nine of, of uh, 12, 237, and 178 innings. Had a good year with the White Sox before that too. So you know, maybe he's he's proven himself that he can be a better pitcher than he was early in his career. Maybe he's figured something out. I'm not sure if you have any uh, spin rate stats or anything for that. But I know the, I saw the Rangers were still going to be in on Rodon after they got Degrom. I don't know if this Heaney signing would affect that. I don't know if Rodon could possibly just go back to the to the Giants, depending on what happens there with Judge, or if he can go back to somewhere like the White Sox. You know, maybe not because they got Clevenger, but I I don't want Rodon on the Phillies. I don't want them to go out and get him. <laughs> I mean, I would prefer someone like Chris Bassett or other people that are slipping my mind right now. But yeah, Rodon, he's been fine. I mean, he pitched well in San Fran, which is a very pitcher friendly ballpark, especially for right. For, it, for left lefties, I'm assuming, and you get more right-handed hitters. And then, yeah, I mean, six years, six years would be a lot. He is only 29, about to be um, 30 in a couple of days here. So maybe he will get that, especially seeing how these older pitchers are able to progress later in their career with DeGrom, with Verlander, with Kershaw, getting better with age. Yeah, just a quick look at his uh, baseball savant page. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to like quickly look while we do this, but I don't know what the hell he did in 2021 and 2022, but his four seamer in 2020 was had a run value of positive two runs, which is terrible. In 2019, it was positive eight. 
In 2018, it was positive four. And in 2021, it was worth negative 26 runs. And in 2022, it was worth a negative 22, which made it like the seventh best pitch in all of baseball for his four-seamer. So he did something these last two years that really, really, he really figured out that pitch. He has a solid slider as a secondary pitch, which is worth, uh, this last year was negative nine runs, still really good. That makes it a, a plus pitch there. But yeah, he's. He's somebody that he has good stuff these last couple of years, but he's only well, he's gone over 180 innings like once, I think, ever. And so you're going into this hoping into like this potential six year deal, hoping that he can be some kind of ace that consistently becomes an innings eater. But I almost think it might be too late in his career for him to just I mean, he's 29, but like just all of a sudden he's an innings eater. I got to know where I don't know. I just he seems like somebody that needs to settle more for like a four a four year deal. You'll probably get decent money, but he hasn't he hasn't proven over the course of his career to me that he can be this dominant nonstop. So uh, him wanting six years, I think, is going to really limit the amount of teams that come knocking. But he's going to land somewhere and. He's still probably going to be a top, probably top 20 fantasy pitcher. But where he lands is going to determine if it's the bottom 20, like towards the bottom of that top 20 or more towards the top. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, baseball savant page here, looking at his pitch mix. Looks like earlier in his career, he was kind of more even through the sinker a lot, through the changeup much more than he does now. In 2022, it was basically... Fastball, 61%, slider, 31%, and then curveball changeup, just barely 5.72%. Similar for the year before as well with a little little more changeups there. So maybe he's just figuring out his fastball is his best pitch. He's going to pound it, well, and, and it worked last season with all those all those strikeouts. So yeah, Rodon's going to be a guy that I think, you know, maybe you could see him betting on himself and taking a short-term deal, but there's enough teams out there that need pitching that someone will probably overpay for him. I agree. It, <laughs> I hate that I always end up saying that. I catch myself doing that so much. I agree. You know, what? Well, I just love the stuff that you say on this podcast, and I, I tend to agree with you a I lot. Mean, it's, it's a pretty good podcast. You guys should check it out, the uh, SGPN <laughs> Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Rodon can hopefully uh, help some team win here that he can sign with in the offseason. And if you want to win, why don't you check out WinBet? Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet build-your-own-bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 200 or older and present in the state where play through is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-532-4700. We're also sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. We're back with Underdog Fantasy, and if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. 
Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royale format, as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball for fantasy football. There may, may be some uh, early fantasy baseball stuff on there. Maybe we'll have to do some drafts on, on Underdog. So yeah, make sure you get to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN to get a deposit match up to $100. All right, I know we talked about pitchers in the first half because pitchers have kind of dominated much of the free agent talks lately, but uh, there has been a couple of hitters that I want to get to. We will get to your boy, Trey Turner. But before we get there, I really want to cover Josh Bell just because that happened maybe an hour before we started recording this. Uh, He is somebody that uh, I know my father... Shout out to my dad. Uh, he was huge on wanting Josh Bell to the Mariners. That was like his number one free agent that he wanted this offseason. Josh Bell hits the hell out of the ball. He struggled in the second half of half of last year, which may have turned some people off. He only hit 194 in 62 games in the second half last year. But uh, he's proven in the past he's a 30 home run guy. Uh, he's not going to hit for a massive average, but he'll hit for about 260. Uh, he signed a two-year deal with the Guardians. I guess I should point that out but yeah two-year deal with the guardians he's gonna slot right into that lineup uh they always seem to have people on base oscar gonzalez steven kwan jose ramirez all those guys just consistently get on base and i mean he hits really well with men on base he hit 264 with men on base last season so i think going to a place like cleveland may actually boost his uh fantasy potential for next season because Going to a place where you can hit with a lot of guys on base in a little bit lesser of a division than he was in at the end of last year with the Padres. Uh, where do you think he ends up kind of going in the 2023 fantasy drafts? I, I don't know about that. I, I haven't looked too closely at that. But, yeah, I think you you mentioned how you wanted him on the Mariners or Mr. Meyer there wanted him on the Mariners. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, Carlos Santana is like a Walmart version, I think, of Josh Bell. Switch hitting, first baseman. Ken DH. My only worry or, or question with him, he really struggled with San Diego, only hit 192. I don't know if he just couldn't get settled in there or if it was maybe the pressure of like a playoff chase or what it was. But I mean, he's going to be hitting in the middle of that uh, Guardians lineup with, like you said, it, Ramirez. You know, we got Stephen Kwan, Rosario, Andre Jimenez, uh, Josh Naylor dropped down in the order now. He, he has a big back and it's a, some home runs. So this is a a good pickup there for the Guardians. Um, looking at ESPN's two early fantasy baseball rankings, let's see where they have him. They have Josh Bell at um, okay. 70th overall, the, fir- the seventh first baseman, which kind of seems – that seems high to me. That's, he's just that above – That does seem high. Hoskins, just below Jose Abreu. So, yeah, he, that's what? It's about the sixth round. I don't know if I would take him that high. I mean, he, he was – okay in washington last year had a good good year in washington the year before had a great year his, his final full year in pittsburgh but yeah bell i think is going to be one of those group of first basemen that like if if they drop down to maybe like round eight or round nine you pick him up but I, I would not be reaching for for josh bell as of now you know what you make a good point you turned to me i was very hopeful of Josh Bell on the Guardians, but the more that I look into this, when you mentioned that maybe it was the pressure of the playoff push, 
uh, one of the good things about Fangrass is I can see the stats for literally like whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high leverage situations last year, Josh Bell hit 208. Ooh. In medium leverage, he hit 238. And in low leverage, where the plate appearances don't really matter, he hit 299. So he was a really good hitter uh, in the low leverage situations. But kind of the the tougher the situation it was, the worse he performed. Like, I hate that 208 in high leverage numbers. I don't like that. Like, it was only, what, 48 at-bats. But I don't. I can't take a, a guy as the top 10 positional player if he's going to struggle like that with people on base. And looking even farther, like, his barrel rate dipped to 7.2%, which is the lowest since 2018. Average exit velocity, 88.9 miles an hour, which is uh, almost the second lowest of his career. It was 87 back in 2017. It, his contacts seem to change drastically, like only 40.8% hard hit rate. Like he does walk quite a bit. The 12 and a half percent is cool. And he only strikes out 15.8. So like in points leagues, maybe he gets a little bit of a boost, but yeah, I don't know if I necessarily like him at that point this year. Like you said, he was above Reese Hoskins. I like Reese Hoskins more than I like Josh Bell next year. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And yeah, that, those stats of the high leverage stuff is definitely something that, is good to point out because, you know, maybe going to the AL Central will help. You know, AL Central had that r- pretty much race to the bottom to not to for the for the for the, for the, for the division crown there. I mean, the, the Royal Tigers twins aren't all that great. And the White Sox, I mean, they have ceased, but their pitching staff after that is 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 iffy. So maybe a change of scenery helps him. But I, I do think this is a better baseball edition than a fantasy baseball edition. Yeah, in fantasy wise, I think this this might take him out of my top ten at the position. He'd be somebody that I'm not going to draft anywhere near his ADP. But if he if he does fall, like you said, like maybe like tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, and he's still there, he might be a guy that okay, I can add him in there. But otherwise, I don't I don't see myself really drafting him this coming year. Yeah, just a quick offshoot of that. I'm looking at. Um... ESPN's top first baseman and first baseman might be a weak position now. I mean, we have really uh, you got Vlad Freeman, Alonzo Olsen, Goldschmidt, Abreu, Bell Hoskins, and you have Cronenworth who also plays second base. Nathaniel Lowe for the, for the Rangers. Who's basically, he had, he had a good second half, I think. Yeah. And Chris, Christian Walker's the 11th best. Arias who has some rumors around him is the 12th best. So like in, in a normal league, those 12 first basemen are, are, are the top first basemen. Well, I see guys like Rizzo, Pasquantino, Ty France, CJ Crone, like first baseman used to be like when we, when we started playing fantasy baseball 10, 15 years ago, like, OK, you can just wait and get a get a guy late that'll hit 25 home runs for you. But now oh, yeah. it might be a position to grab. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, even off that, that list you just mentioned, like I like. Mariners homer in me. I like Ty France better than Josh Bell. I like no, you don't. Vinny Come on, Pasquantino. I like Vinny Bas- Pasquantino better than Josh Bell. I like CJ Crone. I like anybody for the fucking Rockies uh, <laughs> better than Josh Bell. Like I, uh, there's a lot of those guys that you mentioned outside the top ten that I, I would happily take over Josh Bell going into this next season. I don't think we've ever really had a uh, like a really strong stance on not liking a guy as much on the podcast yet but i i I feel strongly about this like i might be i'm out on josh bell 
maybe we'll have the anti-Lars Nubar effect and he'll just have the best <laughs> season of his career now. But yeah, no, even just us talking about that for two minutes, I, I'm excited to do some like a uh, positional ranking podcast in, in, the, in the coming weeks and months. It should, should be exciting. I cannot wait for that, especially I want I want you to like whenever we do it, a little bus behind the scenes talk here. Whenever we do it, I want you to do your top ranks and I'll do mine. And then we're just going to come to the pod and we're going to compare them like just oh, blindly yeah. compare them. Absolutely. And see where everybody sits. I'm not sure if you listen to or listeners listen to the Hockey Gambling Podcast, just NHL Power oh, yeah. show from two weeks ago. Like we all came in, came in blind and just just started and then had a good conversation. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have some uh, positional rankings podcast episodes coming for you probably once free agency uh, dies down a little bit. Yes, we will. And speaking of free agency dying down, it's not dying down right now because your Phillies signed my favorite free agent of the 2022 free agency period, Trey Turner, 11 years. The man is there till he is 40. Talk to me about Trey Turner. Uh, I just love this signing. I mean, I think the Phillies, when Harper's healthy, are going to have possibly the best lineup in baseball, possibly the best lineup in, in Phillies history. And just any any way you slice this lineup, any way you put one through six, it, it, it looks good. I mean, Turner's going to be at the top. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Fangraph's projected lineup, though. It does have Schwarber leading off, then Turner second, which could be interesting to get that big bopper top of the lineup. But Trey Turner here is just a fantastic addition for the Phillies. This is exactly what they needed. They needed a top of the order speedster hits 300, which is just crazy nowadays to, to get someone that, that hits like that. Plus has some power, 21 home runs, 27 stolen bases last year. And those uh, rule changes with the bigger bases to cut down those inches there. We know every inch matters here on the uh, SGPN Fantasy <laughs> Baseball podcast and those pickoff rules too. It should only help the speedsters there. So yeah, this definitely is quite possibly the best place for Trey Turner to be, even if you include the Dodgers, because the Dodgers have more of those veteran guys that are getting up there and Trey Turner is going to get on base. And then you have Hoskins, Schwarber, Real Muto, Castellanos, Bohm behind him, Harper once he gets healthy. So yeah, this is, and he'll have, he'll have a chance to hit in some, some, some runs too, because even the bottom of the order, you got Bryson Stodd who had a pretty good playoffs there, a few good, three good at bats, like 10 pitch at bats, Brandon Marsh, who, was much better for the Phillies after the trade. I think they figured out something with his swing. So, yeah, Trey Turner here. ESPN has him, um, I think it was like 12th overall, 16th overall, top shortstop, obviously. I think I'll take him in the first round just to, there just, we go. to just to get shortstop off my plate and just get it out of the way. Because shortstop is usually a uh, shallower position. And, you know, if I can get Trey Turner on the Phillies, I will. Oh, it's Speaking of the anti-Josh Bell, I mean, I really hope it is. It, it, I hope Lars Newbar and Josh Bell kind of cancel each other out. But oh. uh, <laughs> so Josh Bell was really fucking bad in high leverage situations. Trey Turner is the complete opposite. Check this out. In low leverage situations, Trey Turner hit 277. In medium leverage situations, Trey Turner hit 292. And in 62 high leverage at bats, Trey Turner hit 435 on the year. Like that is insane. Like to be able to just get better in the more serious the situation when you're up up to the plate, like it just makes the entire game so much more fun to watch because when 
trays in the lineup, you're never out of it. And especially, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I'm kind of rambling here. I don't know how I feel about him batting two. I love the the thought of 40 home run Schwarber hitting number one, but I feel like Turner's got to hit. He's got to hit leadoff in that lineup. Like he's he's too fast, too good of a hitter. He gets on base too damn much to take those ABs away from him, as few as it may be. I, I don't want to take any at-bats away from a guy like Trey Turner. Okay. Uh, I thought we were going to have breaking news here on the podcast because I got a notification <sighs> from an app that uh, – well, also, John Heyman tweeted uh, 5.20 p.m. Eastern time. Arson Judge appears headed to Giants. He corrected himself three minutes later. Aaron Judge appears headed to Giants. Then corrected himself four minutes later. Giants say they had not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. So we oh. had some breaking. I mean, we had some breaking news, Aaron Judge news. I don't know if he was just saving a draft, but uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Oh man, that would have that would have been crazy. Maybe that is. Maybe that's a sign that it's close. But yep, yeah, I mean. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss I, that when it happens. We've discussed it before. I still think he's using the Giants just for leverage, but maybe the Yankees are are, are going to balk at that and be like, okay, go to San Fran and lose. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with Judge. But yeah, Turner, I think you have to hit him top of the order. I could see him being another, definitely another 2020 season next year. Maybe a 25-25 a if, if he can get his power up. That would be a uh, probably a career high. I don't have his full career stats pulled up here. I can uh, get it quick he had 28 home runs in 2021 between the nationals and dodgers so you know what maybe they're gonna have to pitch him they don't want to put him on base in front of that top in front of those big big bats so yeah uh, i'm really high on, on trey turner and it's not just because i'm a phillies fan this is just a fantastic lineup <laughs> a fantastic spot for him so being a phillies fan helps but like this is just fantastic and I know we we have mentioned Trey Turner in the past. We've done a couple of, of free agent shows so far, and we did talk about how you really can't you can't quantify what it's gonna be like for Trey Turner to play with his. I'm just gonna call him his best friend, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper. Either like he's gonna have so much fucking fun playing, and when you're having fun doing this type of shit that you enjoy, he is that is gonna make him play so much better next season like not to take everything back to the Mariners all the time but Julio Rodriguez prime example that kid was born to have fun playing baseball he has fun playing baseball which makes him play better baseball which makes everybody around him have more fun playing baseball which made everybody else play better baseball and it just it it rolls downhill and I think the same sort of thing is going to happen with Trey Turner and Bryce Harper next year they're just gonna they're gonna be so in love with the fact that they're both on the same team again, that it's going to make everybody else play well. And you guys don't have a bad hitter in your lineup, one through nine. So, like, Alec Bohm hitting, like, seventh is yeah. wild to me. Like, that's <laughs> – he's, like, a he's somebody that I would bat, like, two or six or oh. somewhere right around there. But, like, having him all the way down to, like, seven, eight, that's nuts. Yeah, he was hitting third or third, second or third for a big portion of the season. So, yeah, I mean – Bohm can improve. Stott should improve. Castellanos isn't as bad as he was as he was this year. If he settles in, it's it's going to be quite the murderer's row. Yeah, and I mean he's somebody that I always target first round of fantasy drafts. Uh, I don't want to say I would take him one one next year, but if I have a top five pick, I'm taking Trey Turner as long as he's still there. Like he's for me, he's that good. I, there's besides Bobby Witt Juniors, there's not really anybody in the league that I see that can 
hit for that kind of average with that kind of power and hit as many doubles he has and steal 40 bases. And he's he's the all around ultimate fantasy tool. And I need him in my lineup next year. Yeah, absolutely. I can I completely agree there. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you sound like both me. ways. <laughs> um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we kind of covered all the the major free agency additions that have happened thus far. There's been a few smaller ones, and we'll get to those at some point. But hopefully by by the time we record again, Aaron Judge is signed somewhere, and we can have a little fun talking about Judge and just how many home runs he can hit next season. But for now, uh, as always, go follow us in the Discord. It's always jumping over there. There's so many fucking people in Discord talking all the time. We need more people in there talking about baseball with us, especially it being in the heart of the winter meetings right now. Uh, SG.pn slash Discord. Also, make sure you follow us on Spotify at SG.pn slash Fantasy Baseball S and on Apple Podcasts at SG.pn slash Fantasy Baseball. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fan Baseball. We're all over the place. You can find us fucking everywhere. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. Yeah, and I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at R-Gilbert-S-O-P. And as always, we will catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>